Hello and welcome to episode 32 of Together, a Brighton Over Albion podcast. It feels great to be back, uh, especially when the reviews and the things we can talk about are quite literally all positive <laughs> and all we had been having was uh, negative, sad podcasts for the, all of 2019. Um, it feels quite nice to know that we're going to have a bumper version of the great stuff. Um, my trip to Iceland was ace, super fun. Uh, I saw some really cool stuff over there. I would really, really recommend you go if you can. Uh, obviously, it's not cheap, but People who live within Europe who listen definitely can get there a little bit cheaper than the US. Uh, but I would recommend everybody go if you can because it is an amazing experience. Um, I have not seen anything except for the three goals um, prior to Millwall. All I saw was the was the Murray goal, knockout goal, and Andone goal. Of course, um, they're the only things I saw for the last uh, last two weeks. So I will be relying on friends of the show um, to give us a, a review of those two games, um, and we have a couple of really cool conversations to come your way. So without further ado, uh, we will start with the first one, uh, and we'll cover Huddersfield first. Um, there's not going to be a huge amount to cover, simply because A, I haven't watched it, um, I just haven't had time and I probably won't have time. Um, B, it was two weeks ago now and so much has happened since. Um, and see, there wasn't really a huge amount to talk about uh, because we got the win that we needed. Um, so we will start there, though. Um, and it will be Mile High Seagulls, the ever-reliable, uh, and his input on the Huddersfield game. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. This is Mile High Seagulls reporting for duty again uh, with a post Huddersfield match thoughts. This game was a really stressful game. Um, just going into it, fans, us fans, the players, coaches, everyone knew we had to win the day. I mean, losing didn't mean we were going to be relegated, but we all knew this was a must win and they had to win. And first half came and obviously it was 0 0 at halftime. And I mean, I was antsy. I'm the, you can feel it in the crowd, the players, the stadium. Everybody was antsy. Um, you know, uh, offensively, I thought in the second half we played a lot better. Murray missed uh, a pretty golden opportunity. It, you know, it was also a classic Mike Dean game. Uh, I thought two for sure pens went on call, the one against Duffy and the one against, I think it was Bernardo. Um, the Bernardo one was really, really, really bad. I mean, <laughs> if that's not a pen, I don't know what the hell is. He got dragged down in the box. Um, you know, and then obviously Andoni's goal coming in as a sub was amazing. Beautiful goal. He should have had a goal earlier. It was a beautiful save by Huddersfield's keeper. Um, all in all, I mean, if you, when you watch the game, you think it should, it could have easily been three, four nil. It was only one nil. I'm taking it and running. I don't care. Um, but it was a, it was a tense game and just, you know, I think the the best moment of the game or the man of the match for me, I mean, obviously I want to say Andoni just because of, you know, he scored the goal that won us the game. But to see Ali Reza, Jahan Baksh have such a good game, I mean, it was a really good thing for us Albion fans to see because we haven't seen much from him this year. A lot of it due to injury, Asian Cup, whatnot. But that was by far his game of the year. He had a cross uh, that hit the crossbar. It was a beautiful shot and, really killed me they didn't go in because that would have been a hell of a goal 
Um, he had another one where he, he had like a, almost a 1v1 going through, kind of hit it too close to the keeper in my opinion. He had good looks, and the bottom line is, you know, he, he played really well. Uh, I, I think I put on Twitter it was the best game by far um, that he had played all year. And uh, he followed up against Palace. I thought he had another great game. Um, he's just getting so close to that first goal. And like, like I said in our interview a few weeks ago in episode 30, I would love for the game I go to against the Saints to be his first goal. Um, I won't complain if he scores against Millwall on Sunday. Uh, it won't be a Premier League goal, but I won't complain. But it's so close. I mean, if when you watch the last two games, we all know it's coming. And it's just a matter of time. And it's just so good to see um, our record signing finally starting to contribute to our team. Um, but yeah, you know, the Huddersfield game was great. I think, uh, if we didn't get a result, <laughs> I, I don't think we would have won at Palace, to be honest. Um, but the team's riding a high, so just got to keep going, beat Millwall and, uh, beat the hell out of Southampton. Thank you. Yeah. So thank you very much, Amir. Uh, Mile High Seagulls as always. Um, and he uh, he's he's spot on about the stress. Um, I'm sure you all felt it. Um, while I was walking the streets of Iceland, I was crapping my pants because I knew uh, that we were fighting for our lives. <laughs> um, it was absolutely a must-win game, in my opinion. Um, I know a lot of people thought it was like a must-not-lose, but just personally, um, and the psychology that it would have probably, the psychological blow it may have dealt, uh, I think it was a must-win game, and we did, thank God. Um, I only got to check the scores at halftime and full-time, and the wave of relief when I saw the result was just huge. Um, I was so relieved. I was scared to death knowing that that was all going on. Um, was Mike Dean as bad as Mile High says? Uh, from reviews, it looks like he did get at least one penalty call wrong with Bernardo um, and maybe two. Uh, and it does look like Andone made the difference by all accounts. Um, it was dirty. It was ugly. We got the win. Um, and what a start to March ended up being. Uh, I'm not sure who your man of the matches were. Um, Andone, Ali Reza. Uh, obviously, it sounds like it was his best game ever so far. Um, and judging from the statistics and all that sort of stuff that I'd had a look at, it did look like he had a good game. Um, you know, he it looked like he hit the bar or the post at some point. Um, he had a lot of touches of the ball, which is more than usual. Um, 44 touches. He's usually one of the wings, uh, especially when knockout plays. Um, it's usually less balanced because people get it out to him a lot. Um, but Noki only had 50, so it seems like it was a really balanced performance on the width. Uh, he had three shots, one on target, and I guess if one of those was hit in the post or the bar, then that's like one one on target, uh, one off the woodwork, and another shot. So great effort by Alireza. Uh and it sounds like it started off his march quite well because it sounds like he's been pretty good. Um, Bissouma looked like he had a pretty good game. Uh, Matt Ryan had a pretty solid game from the looks of it in goal. Uh, Bernardo um, had 92 touches of the ball. It sounds like he was uh, integral to everything we did. Um, again, I'm not going to watch it, so I don't know. Um, but just looking at the sheer amount of the mon- uh, uh, touches he had and just looking at the numbers in front of me, it looks like he probably played a huge role. Uh, Knocker, six key passes. Um, huge huge influence on the game clearly 
Um, and again, like if I'm wrong, let me know. Um, but looking at the numbers, just crunching the numbers, uh, six key passes is a huge amount of key passes. Um, and Shane Duffy uh, is the highest rated player on whoscored.com. Um, three shots, one shot on target, uh, 82% pass accuracy, uh, 11 aerial battles won, which is way more than anybody else on the pitch. Um, and he had 77 touches, so it sounds like he played a hell of a game. Um, but overall, it sounded and looks like everybody had a great day, uh, barring Glenn Murray, really. Um, he got a buck in. He only had one shot all game uh, compared to Andone, who came on on 56 minutes and had two shots and two on target. Uh, you know, it seems like it really was the turning point um, bringing on Andone, which is ironic given that he played so well uh, and really solidified himself into the first team uh, with that performance. And what was then to happen for the rest of March is kind of funny, really. Um, so, yeah, great stuff. Uh, that's all I've really got to cover on Huddersfield because, like I said, it was quite a while ago. Um, and I don't want to hang around on it too long because we have so much more to talk about. But next up, we'll be looking at the Palace game slightly more in depth than the Huddersfield game. Uh, because A, it was more recent. Um, and B, it was against Palace at their place, and we won, and they were wonder goals, and obviously everybody wants to talk about it. So I enlisted some people uh, to give us their reviews of the game. Like I said, I only saw two the two goals. Um, if you wanted a window into my life, uh, I was um, entertaining the wife with a Icelandic horseback ride. Um, so while you lot were all watching the Palace game, I was on the back of a pony uh, riding along a lava field. And however wonderful that may sound to a few of you, um, I probably would have rather been watching Palace get stuffed by us. But we will start with the ever-reliable Mile High Seagulls. Um, and yeah, enjoy. This is Mile High Seagulls reporting for duty. Just after the massive, massive three points on the road at Sellers Park. Josh, I don't know if you watched the game while you're in Iceland. If you did, that's freaking awesome. If you didn't, I wish I could see I wish I could have seen your face when you saw the score. <laughs> it would be hilarious. Uh, it was a great game. To be completely honest, I'm in Phoenix, Arizona right now, visiting my parents. So the game kicked off at 5.30 in the morning here. So I woke up about at the 43rd minute we were up 1-0 so I did not see the first 43 minutes of the game I did see Maza's 100th league goal highlight I didn't see it live uh, it was amazing it was awesome it was awesome uh, can't comment too much on the first half I didn't see it I'm gonna have to rewatch it again later but I did watch the entire second half and I'm gonna be completely honest not only was I not surprised when that pen came although it was a questionable one at best um, I just I knew it was coming just because uh, just how we were how we were playing and how sloppy we were playing and the fouls. I'm like, oh, dude, we are conceding a pen this game. It was written all over it, and we did. And when it happened, I you know I posted on Twitter. I said, I, you know, I wonder what's going to happen. Is it going to be what's happened before, where we melt down on the road after blowing a lead, or are these guys going to step up? And oh man, N- Naki's goal. That was definitely I think the best goal I've seen all season from the Albion with a close number two, previous number one, Andoni's goal against Palace at home this year, which was amazing. But I'm going to give this one the number one goal of the year. I'd like to see what your thoughts are and uh, other fans' thoughts are. Tweet at me. Um, Anyways, yeah. 
Awesome match. Um, and we wanted it more. That was the bottom line. The guys played harder at the end. Um, loved every second of it. Um, can't wait because I'll be at the next home game, next league home game against Southampton on the 30th. And those two weeks are going to go by painfully, painfully slow. Or is it three weeks? I lost count. Um, but yeah, that's all I had to say. Uh, having an amazing time right now, actually reading the hashtag CPFC on Twitter because they're having an absolute meltdown and it's it's hilarious sipping on my coffee reading that anyways looking forward for the podcast to come back um thank you and we're back again um once again fantastic input from mile high here um please do follow him on twitter get a chat in with him um he is a newer supporter as you all know if you've listened to his interview um but with huge passion uh he's a top guy um it's so funny because it seems that most people who want to give me uh feedback on the games are american um it seems that i've created quite a cool little olive branch uh given that i live over here um it's a really cool thing to have going on and to me it never gets old um hearing anybody's input on the albion obviously um but listening to people who are native born americans um who have lived here their whole lives and they have adopted the premier league and they've adopted brighton of all teams um be it through a transfer like aj uh be it through ex-girlfriends um being palace fans uh and all the other stories you get from people um to me it never ever gets old hearing their perspective because i've and i've said this i've maybe i've told this story before but i'm gonna say it anyway i'm, I'm gonna indulge myself uh so my first ever game for the albion was uh against northampton town away um it was the worthington cup second round um to those of you that are newer to the game, or really just anybody, um, the Worthington Cup is now known as the Carabao Cup. Um, that is that was just just been renamed eight hundred and fifty thousand times. Um, the game, the cup right now is the, the Carabao Cup, and we were in the second round um, away at Northampton Town, and we got beat two one. Uh, Stuart Storer scored for us. Um, there was a couple of hundred there, um, probably barely more than that in the entire ground, honestly. Um, and from there my journey began, um, and I wouldn't want it any other way, but if somebody had told seven, eight year old me, however old I was, <clears throat> that in 20 years time, we'll be one of the best 20 clubs in the world. We will have fans from all over the world and they'll all be able to talk about the Albion on a platform, um, and, have these conversations across the world with people that want to talk about it um across the world just blows my mind um and that i would never get it will never get old for me um people say don't ever forget where you came from um and this is so so it rings so true um for this and you know it it's just so cool um and speaking of uh, top guys like Maha Seagulls uh, and ex-girlfriends, um, next up is another top guy, um, someone who is stealing the BHAFC hashtag and making it his own uh, throughout the month of March especially. Um, he got internet famous uh, looking for a girlfriend 
in Sussex. Uh, and has since, with great power comes great responsibility. Um, and he's used his powers for good. Um, those good, the main good really is namely to absolutely infuriate Palace fans um, and drop some banging tunes at the same time. Your mileage may vary. Um, personally, I think it's hilarious. Uh, Andy is a great friend of the show. I've had him on a cup twice now. Um, this is the second time I had a good chat with him prior to the Millwall game. Um, and the real, the really the thing was to get his views on the palace game, uh, our final running and his ability to piss off so many fat palace fans with a minute and a half ditty. So, uh, I'm going to lead on to that. Uh, I will warn you, um, I believe there are two or three F-bombs dropped throughout this one, um, so I apologise in advance, um, but I'm not going to bleep them out because I feel like it just takes away from the whole experience. So, you have been warned, um, but I will say it's a really good listen. He's the top guy, so enjoy. Alright. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> yeah, cool, no problems. Um, thank you for coming on. Good. Yeah, sounds perfect. Sounds good, man. Now, thank you for, for having me on, man. Well, so we last spoke on December 19th, and you have been up to quite a lot since then, I think. Um, how many times have you been over to Brighton since? Uh, so so far, just once. But um, funny enough, I was actually talking to a couple of my friends today, and we were, uh, you know, like, they're trying, they were saying if Brighton makes it to the semifinals, they want to go out and watch it. Uh, unfortunately, you know, I, I, not unfortunately, I think Brighton's going to make it to the final and I want to save my money for that trip. So, uh, it, yeah, if I had the money for it, I'd be going for the quarterfinal, semifinal and the final, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't we all, um, what was the, what was the game that you went over for? Uh, Brighton Watford. And it was funny because it was either that or the game against Burnley and people were telling me like, you should go to the game against Burnley. That's like a guaranteed win. And Watford turned out being the better game. <laughs> yeah, for real. God, uh, how was your how was your overall trip to Brighton? Tell us about it. It was pretty great, man. Uh, as soon as I landed, I had a friend pick me up. And when I say a friend, this is like a guy who I met online through social media. Uh, pretty much everyone who I met in Brighton, I knew them through Facebook or you know or Twitter. So it was really great seeing like how many people were. Uh, so welcoming to to kind of a complete stranger and i had a great time like uh everyone who i told that i was a brighton fan from america they were like like are you, are you really here just to watch brighton play and i'm like yeah like that's isn't that the best reason to be in brighton so that was pretty great you know yeah that is awesome um i have somebody else i spoke to on here a couple of episodes ago uh the, he goes as a mile high seagulls he's going to uh the saints game at the end of the month and it's the same thing. He's had so many people reaching out to him like, oh, we'll take you out for a drink. We'll take you to the best places. Like, it's so cool how everybody is just so eager to reach out. Yeah, absolutely, man. I an international club and that you've got fans all over the world now. And unfortunately, there are some fans that wish that the team was still in the championship so that it wouldn't be growing but uh, yeah, I say those fans are no better than Palace fans. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll, funnily enough, we'll touch on something like that in a little bit. But uh, given your trip and what we talked about in the last one, do you have any luck with the local ladies of Brighton? Uh, 
Honestly, man, I, I, I don't know what happened to me. I think I was just a little too drunk. There was this, <laughs> I and I think I just started like saying things that I shouldn't have, you know, like I wrote a song about you and I think I scared her away. So now I know next time I go, don't mention anything about any of the songs I've ever written. Yeah, probably play it a bit more cool, but it was the first trip. So, you know, it's, it's easy to make mistakes on your first attempt. Oh yeah. It was my last night there too. So I knew that I had nothing to lose, but, uh, yeah, no, nah, I, I definitely lost something there. It's all good. <laughs> next time, <laughs> the saga continues. Um, but the big talking point uh, that people still want to talk about, and it's the reason I wanted you on more than anything, uh, is the Palace game. And for good reason, really. Like, why wouldn't you want to keep talking about that? Um, you started quite a meltdown amongst Palace fans on social media with your video um, that absolutely killed me. Can we expect <laughs> more of that in the future, especially if we draw them in the semifinals? Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, yeah, I... I... I don't really know how to explain it, but sometimes I just have a song that hits me and I just think like, all right, let me share this with my friends and I'm sure they'll get a kick out of it. And sometimes uh, the video ends up getting way more views than I could have ever anticipated. But uh, yeah, I'll definitely always be, you know, writing songs about Brighton just to get a kick out of uh, out of the Palace fans. And it's even funny seeing the the Brighton fans reactions, too, because not everyone is a fan of my of my music, but it's always amusing to me seeing the comments and seeing everyone's reaction, you know? Oh my God. Yeah. And that was what I was going to ask next. Funnily enough, like social media loves to hate things. Um, and how are you, how are you dealing with the inevitable hate from the Brighton side too? What would you want to say to them? You're no better than palace fan. Yeah. Like, you know, obviously um, I, I do understand where some of them are coming from. Like some people have worked very hard for this club to be taken seriously you know, they finally made it to the Premier League. And then you've got this American who's only been to one game, who's like writing songs just to get attention, right? That's how some people see it. The way I see it is the worst thing in life is wasted talent. And if I know I've got the talent for it, I will put myself out there and, you know, share my talent with the world. Some people can appreciate that. Some people don't. So, uh, yeah, if people want to hate on me, that's fine. But just remember, who hates Brighton fans? Palace do. So you're no better than Palace. Mate, very well put. Fair play to you. Uh, for me, I love it. It's 2019. Uh, shit posting on the internet is all all the rage, and you have mastered it into a fine art form because Palace fans were fuming. Like you have nailed it. <laughs> um, and talking about the game itself, what were your views on it? I was actually out of the country, so I didn't get to watch anything but the goal replays. So, uh, as you were watching it, what was your what would be your review on the game? Oh, man, it, it, I think it's uh, one of the best games that Brighton has played in, in a while. You, you know, it's so hard to... You, you look at Brighton's form, right? Like, they hadn't won a game all of 2019 until Huddersfield, and now we play Palace away, and Palace has been in way better form than we have, at least in 2019. And for us to get those three points on the road, it's so massive, not just because they're our biggest rival but just the fact that we had only had one win all year before that and obviously that's excluding the fa cup but you know um it's good to see us in a better uh in a better spot away from the relegation zone yeah it really is uh who was your man of the match out of all of them because it sounds like every single one of them was a hero oh gated bonk for sure man (laughs) 
<laughs> I, uh, I've got to say, I did enjoy your usage of props in your video. That was fucking ace. <laughs> Thank you, bro. Thank you. I appreciate oh, it. It cracked me up. Um, and did you watch it in the New York bar? Yeah. Uh, it was 7.30 in the morning. Uh, and there were, there were way more Palace fans than Brighton fans because we actually share a bar. So... We were no shit. just surrounded by Palace fans, and forget it. After that knockout goal, I lost my fucking mind, and I'm sorry if I'm not allowed to curse on the podcast. Um, no, you're all right. <laughs> all right, cool. And one guy did actually come up to me after the game, a Palace fan, and he's like, I don't get why it's such a big deal. It's just one game. Like, I've never seen anyone so excited. And I'm like, because you have no idea who I am. You have no idea what I've been through, so you don't understand what this win, min- what this win means for me, bro. <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, yeah, I suppose it's, I mean, the U.S. like sports, because I've been here for a little while now, and like, they have massive rivalries here, so he's, it sounds like he was just a bit of a sore loser and was trying to palm it off as not a big deal. <laughs> Absolutely, dude. Absolutely. <laughs> um, but how was the atmosphere in there once that second goal went in, the Palestinians go home or what? I forgot it was so early. Nah, they, they stayed until the end. Um, I, uh, I actually went outside as soon as the game ended to record a video of like screaming on my phone because I didn't want to do it inside. Uh, but by the time I went back inside, the place was empty other than like everyone closing out their tabs, the palace fans getting ready to leave. And then, you know, all, all four of us Brightonian fans. That's ace, though. Uh, key question as well, given the like you said, you don't like people and what you've been through and stuff. Uh, you've been in touch with your ex after that? Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> I had to ask because you never know. Um, how are you feeling about the rest of the season then? Uh, honestly, dude, the way we played against Palace, I think that we can definitely, we have so much potential. Like, there was just something in the players' hearts that day. I've been making the joke like they heard my song and that's what inspired them, but there really <laughs> was something in their hearts that made them play like they've never played before. And if we could just play like that every game, we could at least qualify for the for the the Europa League, you know? <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, for next season especially, if we keep building on it, like at one point this season, like just just around Christmas, it wasn't crazy to think that we may challenge for Europe, so... I, I mean, who knows, right? Yeah, man. Yeah, I, I, I truly believe one day Brighton will be able to qualify for, you know, the big uh, international European competitions. Yeah, um, and I suppose thinking about it, we're still in the running, right? We're in the FA Cup. Yeah. And, and who knows, man? We, this could be our year. <laughs> <laughs> um, who, do you, who have you got going down now? You re- I mean, Huddersfield and Fulham, you've got to assume are out, so... I think we'll be safe now, uh, and I think you probably think the same. Who do you reckon is going to be that third team to fight the dust? Uh, uh, unfortunately, I think it's going to be Cardiff, and I wish it wasn't, but it's just looking, you know, not looking too good for them. Yeah, no, 110%. I think you might be right. It's them or Burnley for me. I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for coming on. Um, I'm going to get in touch with you again towards the end of the season and do like an end of season wrap up with a couple of uh, you American fans that went on trips over there. So I think it could be really good fun. Uh, so I hope you're up for that. 
Sounds good, man. You should ask them if uh, if the Brits over there thought they were faking an American accent because two different people thought that I was faking an American accent. <laughs> <laughs> was that uh, where was that? Was that on a night out or was that in the game or what? Like, yeah, uh, on on a night out, I went to to different bars and uh, people were just like, "Mate, your accent is shite." And I was like, "What are you What are you talking about?" They were like, you've gotten, your accent sounds, sounds like it's put on. And I was like, what? But I'm American. Like, I'm not faking an accent. This is how I talk. <laughs> <laughs> That's wild. You can't even just be yourself without getting ragged on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, <laughs> people tell me that my British accent sucks. Now, apparently my New York American accent sucks too. I, I, I suck. I suck in life, dude. <laughs> right. You just can't win. You can't even win. Um, and I can guarantee you that. At least some of the players on both sides of the pitch watch that video. There is no way that they didn't because they're they're pretty smart about social media, like as you know. And I can guarantee you that at least some of them watch that video. And you've got to know that at least one Palace player was pissed off. I can guarantee it because it's just too easy. <laughs> uh, well, you know what? You actually asked a question about my ex. She actually did see the video, so uh, at least at least she got to see how I truly feel about uh, about Palace. <laughs> Yeah, that was the perfect. If that's the final communication that she ever has from you, that's the perfect sign off. <laughs> yeah, man. And I hope Gaden Bong enjoyed it, but he never, you know, never heard from him. <laughs> <laughs> he probably shouldn't with the uh, with the props used. He's probably not going to get off lightly if he does the comment with too much. <laughs> but that's all from me, dude. Um, thank you so much for coming on. And like I said, I will be in touch to. Uh, to have you back on soon and uh keep up the good work and please don't be shy about videos because i think they're freaking amazing <laughs> thank you bro thank you for having me on the show and uh I, I i appreciate the support man god bless yeah always dude have a good one and have a good weekend all right hell yeah man we're gonna beat millwall <laughs> yes semi-finals here we come yep have a good one bro. thanks mate see ya as always thank you uh to everybody who comes on the show really but especially to andy there uh feel free to follow him um on twitter he's just dropped a hot new track for the millwall game uh the lion sleeps tonight absolute banger again it's just so obnoxiously ridiculous i love it um but i guess the real question uh knockout goal of the season contender um i think it has to be right um he was by all means, um, you've seen him cut in from that side and hit a ball as hard as he can a hundred times for us, and none of them have gone in quite like that. Um, the goal just absolutely blew me away when I saw it, um, and I'm sure that if I'd have watched it live, I may have tore the house down. Um, I would have gone absolutely mental, and I'm sure you lot all did. Um, so people are talking about man of the match. Uh, obviously, there was a couple of different ideas out there. Um, and again, I didn't watch any of it um, other than the two goals. So uh, I go to the stats to see what the, the story of the game looked like and who were the standouts there. Um, good and bad. Uh, it looks like Bissouma, um had one of the worst games of his career at the Albion. Um, you would have to let me know on that one. Just on statistics alone, uh, he had one of the worst pass accuracies, uh, no shots, no key passes, um, quite a lot of touches. Uh, so you'd have to let me know on that one. 
because a lot of people have said he's been the real driving force that's pushed us forward. Um, so, yeah, f- feel free to reach out to me on that one, uh, whether the stats are just being unkind to him or whether he was one of the poorer players on that that fateful day. Um, and the man of the match, according to who scored, was Dale Stevens. Um, and on everything I read, because I spent quite a lot of time when I got, uh, got to the hotel that evening, um, and we were chilling out for like an hour. Uh, I spent uh, pretty much the entire hour on the um, BHAFC or CPFC hashtag on Twitter. Um, and it does seem that the the overwhelming consensus was just how good Dale Stevens was. Um, and that pass out to Knockout was absolutely incredible. Um, sublime pass. So if that's the kind of way he was playing all game, then I have no problem with that being the truth. Uh, two key passes, one of them obviously the one to Knockout. Uh, 68 touches. The only person who had more than him was Bernardo. Again, um, you know, it looked like he, he played an incredibly important game. 85% pass accuracy. That's more than anybody else on the pitch. Um, Glenn Murray, obviously getting the goal um, is just instrumental to the beginning of the game. It sounded like we were very much on the back foot uh, and it really came from nothing. It was just a great clearance from Dunk. Um, some p- people aren't sure whether it was intentional or not. Um, one way or another, it went in the back of the net um, and what a finish from Glenn Murray it was. Uh, Tomkins is an absolute joke. Uh he never, ever, probably ever wants to play against uh, Brighton ever again because he got absolutely done by Andone at the Amex and he's just given Murray the biggest gift he'll get all season. Um, he still had a huge amount to do, obviously, um, and the finish was not far off world class. Um, but he, he got there and he got the goal and he actually outpaced Tompkins. Um, so no wonder he never had a chance against Andone. Oh, excuse me, just keeping the voice vocal cords loose. Um, yeah, it, sound, it sounds like it was a hell of a game. Um, it's one of those ones where it's typical that I didn't get to see it, but at the same time, like, I don't care too much because the win is a win, um, and it's just such a huge, huge result for us. Um, and it really changes almost our entire season because it looked like we needed... Um, we needed to rely on our games at home to have a chance of staying up in general. Um, we were obviously on the back foot for a lot of the game, and yet here we are. We are, you know, we're doing incredibly well off of those two games. We're five points off the relegation zone. Um, as of right now, um, Newcastle, I believe, got a point at Bournemouth, did they? I can't remember now. I was just looking at it two minutes ago. Um but there were some good results for us uh, the other day in the Premier League. So it was a huge result for us um, to get that extra three points that we didn't expect to get. Um, and I think that, you know, yes, it was. Newcastle got a draw and Burnley got beat. Um, and Burnley have a real nasty set of fixtures left to go. Uh, they have seven left to play. Um, and I honestly, I wouldn't want to be them. Um, their upcoming fixtures are horrific. Uh, let me just load those up for you so you can understand just how bad it gets. Um, they're at home to Wolves, semi-finalists in the FA Cup. Um, and you never know what you're going to get with Wolves. Uh, so, you know, maybe they get a win, maybe they don't. Um, but that's a tough game. Nobody's going to have an easy one against Wolves all season. Um, they then have to travel to Bournemouth, who, like Wolves, are totally hot and cold. Um, and then they have a hugely important game at home to Cardiff. 
they are going to need to hope to get a, obviously a win against Cardiff. Um, and after that, they're going to have to just pray because their final four games, um, Chelsea away, Manchester City at home, Everton away and Arsenal at home. Um, it doesn't get much tougher than that. Uh, I wouldn't want to be them. Um, they're lucky they got a win against us, really, because if they hadn't, they'd have been in real deep trouble. They're already in deep trouble, but it's tough to see where they're going to get five more points than us from, um, honestly. And, I mean, our games are tough, too. You know, we we have, in our final eight, we do still have to play Manchester City. Uh, we do still have to play Tottenham. We do still have to play uh, Arsenal. But, you know, we're in, a, we're in a much better spot than we were before, and we're coming up to another huge game. Um, Brighton versus Southampton on the 30th of March. Must win. Absolutely no doubt about it. That puts us on 33? Is it 33 it puts us on? We're on 33 already. I'm having a nightmare right now. Let me just have a quick look. That puts us on 36 points, um, and we are well on our way to safety at that point. I do think 38 will be enough. Um, we'll soon see. Uh, it does look like, simply because I don't think that Burnley can get that many more points than us. Um, you know, they're three points behind us now. Um, we've got two games in hand on them, albeit one of them is Chelsea, uh, but one of them is Cardiff too. So I think we've got a hell of a chance, and... You know, I don't see Cardiff getting five more points than us either. So we're in we're in an incredibly uh, useful spot after that result at Palace. Um, honestly, uh, like I said, one point per game seems to be proven to be the safety point uh, since the year two thousand. Only three seasons um, since the new millennium, they have had teams relegated with thirty eight or more. Um, and a lot of those coincide with um, one or two, well, two particular teams that go down having awful points totals. So we need to hope Fulham and Huddersfield pick it up a bit because otherwise it may run over the 38. Um, Burnley's run incredibly tough. Cardiff still have to come visit us. Um, obviously, a win versus Saints and a win versus Cardiff to me is enough for 39 points and safety. Um, what a turnaround in just two games, you know. Um, if we'd not won, won against Palace, we'd have been looking at those two putting us on 36 and hoping to steal a point here or there. And yet, we're now at a point where those two games can actually get us safe as houses. Um, huge result. Huge result for us in every single possible way. Psychologically, uh, physically, um, everything. Looking at the table, E, it was just an unbelievable result. And we are well in the mix now. Um, to get ourselves safe and look ahead towards the FA Cup. Um, and speaking of the FA Cup, we have uh, had quite the day. Um, I'm recording this at about two-ish um, Eastern time, so about an hour after the game. Um, my voice is a bit rough because I screamed the house down um, for that last 30 minutes when we got the, the goal in the last seconds from Solly March, um, and then obviously the pens... Um, So you've got to excuse the, the occasional sip of water here so I can keep my voice at least halfway useful. Um, yeah, what a game. Um, it was an absolute shit show, wasn't it, for the first 78-80 minutes? Um, we were incredibly poor, I thought, for that, for that first 80-odd minutes of the game. Um, 
and I thought we probably deserved to lose, even though the the even though the goal was horrific. Um, their first goal should never have stood. Um, it was a very clear foul on Murray in the lead up to the goal that did get given, um, and we should have had a penalty, a stonewall penalty. We didn't get one, um, and not only that, but you know the. The fact that they should never have had a goal in the first place changes the game entirely. That puts us 1-0 up, and the game's a very different one. Um, but overall, uh, I thought that Millwall came to do a job, and they did a job really well. Um, I thought Romeo, uh, their right back, looked incredibly talented for the first half. Um, he really fell off in the second, uh, but that first half, he was just unbelievable. And I wouldn't be surprised if one or two uh, top championship teams or very low Premier League teams take a look at him um, in the summer. I don't think he'll come here just because of what we've got. Although if we do bring him in, you know, we could do worse um, with him as backup to Montoya if uh, Bruno leaves after this year. Um, I thought he was really good. He was rapid. He was he attacked at pace and with all the confidence in the world. Um and I also thought their midfield was really good. Um, you know, I didn't like the way they put themselves about at times because I thought they were a bit scummy. But you you can't take it away from the fact that they came here and they did a great job. Um, well, came, came to their own place. Um, you know, I thought they did really well. They pushed us. They pressed us. That first 45 minutes was incredibly scrappy. Um, and almost all of it was due to the fact that they harassed us from the minute we got on the ball um but unfortunately for them they didn't do enough in that first half and for me I think that barring all the dodgy refereeing and officiating the first half was their half to win it um and they didn't and then the second half uh I thought was just even more crap um from both of us uh the goal that their first goal of the game uh their defender Alex Pierce uh unmarked at the back post Awful marking. Not sure how we managed to lose him in the mix there, but they look dangerous from set pieces all day. They're a big team, and that was their entire uh, intent, I think. But the fact that Murray was absolutely bundled over is just ridiculous. Um, should clearly never have stood, but it did. Um, and their second goal, you know, I don't know. There's been talks of handball. It doesn't really matter either way because they got the goal. Um, I don't think it was a handball, personally. Um, I didn't see any in there. But, you know, we were 2-0 down, uh, 80 minutes gone. We looked absolutely out of it, heads gone. In fact, our heads were never there in the first place. Um, I was thoroughly annoyed. I think everybody was thoroughly annoyed with the way we conducted ourselves. Um, and Chris Hutton makes two changes. Um, he brings on his Kiedo for AJ, who... To me, had a really very quiet game today. Much like knockout, really. Both wingers weren't up to it. Um, and the change of March and Izquierdo on um, for the wingers and Lockhardia coming on and Brighton going 4-4-2 was the absolute game changer. Um, Lockhardia's goal was an absolute thunderbolt. Uh, really came from nothing. Um, just a scramble in the box. But what a turn and what a shot and what a goal. Um, there's nothing the keeper could have done about it because he hit it so bloody hard. Um, and you know, at that point you think you never know, uh, there's still a chance. Um, but overall at the time you just felt hard done by, you think, damn, if we'd have, you know, in know, in if VAR was there, we probably would have been winning this, but VAR wasn't. Um, and I think that's a problem all unto itself. Uh, the idea that two quarterfinals out of the four had VAR and the other two didn't simply because 
they were a Premier League round or they weren't is outrageous to me. Um, we don't have VAR in the Premier League right now, so what on earth difference does it make? Um, they were a Premier League team last year, Swansea City. Um, there is no, there is no way on this planet you can tell me they weren't capable of hosting VAR at that ground, and they didn't get it, um, and it cost them outright cost them the entire game. Uh, Manchester City um, are the team that we play in the semi-finals. Um, spoiler alert: if you haven't seen the game and you're listening to this, although if you haven't seen the game, you're crazy. Um, yeah, we play Manchester City in the semi-finals, and we probably should have been playing Swansea because there's no way on earth that. They should have had a penalty. Um, their goal was offside. You know, they should have lost 2-1. And Swansea should have been living in dreamland. Um, and likewise, it was almost a case of two teams going through to the semifinals with asterisks above them because Millwall should never have been anywhere near that tie. Um, you know, like I said, that VAR would have given us a penalty. VAR would have ruled out their first goal. Um, and at that point, it's 1-0 to us and the game's an entirely different affair. Um, and then, you know, to get to 95 minutes and having that last chance saloon, uh, <laughs> that cross coming in, honestly, I thought that Solly March had put it way too far over. I thought it was much too high and I thought it was going to sail over the bar. Um, but it didn't. It sailed straight through the keeper's hands and into the back of the net. I couldn't quite believe what I was seeing. Um, you know, three shots, two shots on target, a key pass, uh, 82% pass accuracy, uh, 49 touches in the time he came on. You know, he came on in 66 minutes and Solly March changed the entire game. Um, he is my man of the match for the day. Uh, there is nobody else that was as good as he was. He changed the game immediately and he clearly is a top championship player at worst um if we were to go down i don't think we are now um but just in case we do um Solly march would absolutely start every week purely because a i think we'd probably lose his Kiedo, uh and b he's too good for the championship we would have the two best wingers in the league um Solly march and anthony knockart um and it would be an absolute shit show for anybody who tried to play us um Solly march has evolved past the championship point and it was on full display today um you we sit here and we wonder about whether it's Premier League quality and we see good and we see bad and we see basically a lot of inconsistency with him. Um, but it's worth remembering he's only 24 um, and Chris Hewton sees something that we don't see every week um, and in training. And today was a huge wake-up call, I think, for every Albion fan that, my God, Solly March has grown so much uh, since the day banged in that winner against Wigan. Um, he is now comfortably... A player too good for the championship and my man of the match for the week end um he scored his pen as well you know like what more can you ask of him um he did absolutely everything you could want uh he was absolutely fantastic um but we should never have gone to penalties either because again i went off topic there but that's okay um you know we'll get over it um we should never have gone to penalties because Despite all the awful refereeing in the first 90 minutes, um, we persisted uh, and we got the two goals back that were probably, honestly, on the face of it, thoroughly undeserved, um, given the first 80 minutes of action. Um, but, you know, it takes that to win sometimes. Um, a bit of shithousery gets you a long way. Um, 
and that's exactly what it was for that last 10 minutes uh and we go to extra time and we look dominant. Um, we look like the team that I thought we were going to be at the start of the game. Um, we are unlucky probably not to win it um, early on in extra time. We had a couple of really good opportunities. Um, but we scored the winner. With about 40 seconds to go, um, there was a great pass through to uh, Martin Montoya. What a run he made. Um, and... He dinked it in uh, to Lacardia, who slammed it into the top of the net. There was nothing anybody could do about it. It was just a perfect piece of football. Um, and the linesman gave it offside, or the lineswoman, uh, Sean Massey. Um, and it was really disappointing because he was quite comfortably onside. Um, and VAR would have gave it as a goal. Uh, so that would have been us through without the lottery of penalties. And I was fuming. Uh, when we went to pens because at that point it's a pure lottery um you know if we if we lost the the coin toss and we have to take our penalty kicks down the mill wall end i think we probably maybe lose um and luckily that didn't work out probably the first piece of luck we had all all there well no that's not true the keeper lobbing the ball into his own net was luck number one um but yeah it was unbelievable we we should have had that goal and massey to me um there are still some idiots out there that give her shit for being a woman. Um, we just choose to ignore that because they're honestly just below us. Um, but I honestly believe that she's probably one of the better lines people um, in the game at the minute. Generally, if she's one of the linos, I feel pretty confident um, that we'll get a decent refereeing or officiating performance from her. And she cocked it up horrendously today. Um and luckily, it didn't cost us a place in the semi-finals um, because we went into the penalty shootout, and Murray immediately missed the first pen uh, off the bar, and we still went on to win it. Uh, Matt Ryan, uh, shades of Jersey Dudek in the Champions League final, uh, making an unbelievable save with his leg, uh, and away we go. We're into the FA Cup semi-finals. Um, unbelievable. Uh, it's just unreal, and obviously. We have a fantastic chance of winning the whole thing because we go into a draw with uh, Wolves, uh, Watford and Manchester City. And obviously the idea is, you know, if we get anybody but Manchester City, you know, we have a 66th and two-third chance uh, to quote Scott Steiner of getting um, of getting anybody but Manchester City. And in classic Brighton fashion, we draw Manchester City as the last ball out of the, out of the hat. Um, we don't ever do anything easy. Um, I would be shocked if we ever did do anything easy anymore. Um, it would be probably rather uncomfortable. So we're going to Wembley um, and not just to play Tottenham in a league game. We're going to proper Wembley this time. It's an FA Cup semi-final and we play Pep Guardiola's Man City. Um, and I truly believe that we were going to face them one way or another. Um, I think whoever they played in the semi-finals, they were going to beat um, out of Watford or Wolves. So, you know, People that are disappointed, well, you know, we were probably going to have to face them in the next game anyway. Uh, and if we want to win this whole thing, we've got to play them. Um, so let's just do it. Let's get it out of the way early. Um, and what a psychological blow that'll be to either of the two Ws. Um, you know, whoever wins in the other game, Watford or Wolves. Um, if we do pull it off against Manchester City, we'll be, we'll be very much aware that we are not the team we were a couple of weeks ago. Um we have a hell of a chance of getting to the final. Um, I don't care who it is we're playing. We could be playing Man City, Liverpool, Barcelona, Real Madrid. Um, this is one game. Uh, and, 
you know, we're in the Premier League for a reason. We have a hell of a chance of getting through. Um, and if we do, well, that's a whole other uh, problem for me because I don't know what I'll do if we get to the FA Cup final. Do I get a plane ticket over? Do What the hell do I do? Um, honestly, for the sake of my wallet, given where I've just been, I really hope that we don't get to Wembley for the final because I'm going to be so poor. <laughs> but uh, Southampton is up next. Uh, it's a huge one for us again like I said before this is we talk about must win games and this is still just as must win as it was before before this incredible month began um, this is one of those home games that we must win um, and I think we will uh, you know Southampton have changed their manager um, they haven't looked all that better since they got rid of was it Puel they got rid of no they got rid of someone else I think but Puel before that whatever um I think that they've got a, you know, we've got a hell of a chance at home of putting them to bed. And if we do on 36 points, we can really start looking to the light. Um, the question is, uh, what does the 11 look like for Southampton? We've got a bit of a break now, uh, international break next weekend. Boo. Uh, we have... But I think, obviously, Matt Ryan has to start the game. Um, there's absolutely no doubt about that part of it. Always, um, you know, it's never going to change. He is our goalkeeper, and for good reason. Um, I think Martin Toya uh, obviously plays right back. I don't think we really change it up too much. Um, Duffy and Dunk at centre-half. Bernardo at left-back. Thank God he's back. What a player he is. Um, even at its worst, he's fantastic at times. Like, his raw pace, you know, he's he's only 23. He's going to get better. Um, but he's at, he's at the same spot now at 23 that Bong is at 30. Um, but with a touch of class more, um, he was a very, very good signing for us. Um, I think Noki, you know, I think March will feel hard done by not getting the start. Um, but after Knockout's goal against Palace, you've simply got to start him. Um, and it's rough on Solly March because what a, what a performance he put in for that last you know, hour um, against Millwall. But at the same time, you know, if you look at Premier League form, Knockout's in great form. Um, so what do you do? Uh, your handbacks had a poor game. But so do you drop him for Solly March? Uh, I don't know. I thought Izquierdo played pretty well today too. Um, you know, two shots, two on target, uh, three key passes. And he was on from 72 minutes. He's got 50 minutes under his belt. Uh Big, big return for him. It was it was very probably a blessing in disguise that we got extra time um, because he got an extra 30 minutes under his belt and I think he needs it. Um, he played a lot of really nice, intricate football today. Um, does he get the nod over Ali Razor? But then at the same time, again, Solly March was my man of the match and he only came on on 66 minutes. Uh, what do you do? <laughs> that's that's why Chris Hewton's paid the money and I'm not because I'm not sure what I'd do. Uh, well, actually, I'd do. I'd play as Kielo because he's my favourite player. But... Uh, yeah, I think the 11 will probably be Noka, Bissouma, uh, Stevens, uh, proper. And I think on the left, we will probably start Ali Reza. Um, I'm not sure whether his Kiedu will be ready enough or fit enough for Hutton's liking. Um, and I think that one poor performance in the FA Cup probably isn't going to be enough to drop him, um, given how good he was in the first two games of March. Um, and obviously Murray starts up top. Uh, hopefully Andone is back. Um... We all know how vague the Albion can be with injuries, and hopefully it's not too bad. 
um, and we see him again uh, on the bench. And Donay comes back on the bench against Southampton because then at least we have options. Um, although Lacardi is letting us know that he can still bang in goals, clearly, because he scored today, both from the penalty spot and in open play. Um, so, yeah, what a hell of a march it's been so far. Um Probably the only bad thing I can say about March was that Lewis don't get, didn't get a call-up uh, to the England squad for our international break. But you know what? Good. He can have a rest because he's just played 120 minutes and banged in a penalty. So give him a rest. They all deserve it. Um, and let's look ahead to March the 30th where the Saints come back to the Albion and hopefully we can get a win um, and one more step on the path to safety. That is about it from me. Um, I'm not sure what I'll be doing next week because we've got an international break. So the minute I get back, I've not got much to talk about. Um, but we'll find something. Uh, so thank you again for listening. It's good to be back. Um, I'm glad that my trip is done so I can watch the Albion. But at the same time, I wish I was still there because it beats working. So, yeah, have a great one. Um, enjoy your week. Enjoy your March um, because it's been a bloody brilliant one and be safe. It was fantastic.